welcome to the podcast, everybody. This is The Fundamentalist. It's a very special episode. We are coming at you uh, from Sherman Oaks, California, with a very special guest. Um, we've decided to do an episode that's just our biggest fan of the podcast. <laughs> um, this person who is... Uh, yeah, I've, got, I've got questions to ask I you. I told you not to yeah. reveal that I'm a big fan. Yeah, uh, On episode three, what was the topic, Steve, <laughs> if you're such a big fan? Yeah. Was it penises? I think uh, it was penises. In some way, I'm sure. Yeah, was, yeah. yeah. that definitely came into it. Yeah. Uh, so we're here with Steve Zaragoza, everybody. Steve, how are you doing? I'm great, man. Thank you for having me on this podcast I've never listened to. Uh, yeah, thank you for being here. Yeah. Uh, we got your letter. He wrote a letter to us. Yeah. Was it Dear Elliot and Pete, could I please yes. be on please your podcast? Well, it was more like, Dear Elliot, you owe me 50 bucks. I yeah. don't know where yep. you got the podcast thing from. Yeah. You can just, but here we are. Yeah, it's You keep requesting happening. me on Venmo, and I just keep canceling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's your game. I got that's it. That's my game. Uh, right. Okay, so this is a podcast, if you're new to this, where we talk about philosophy and theology and uh, life and weirdness and all this fun stuff, and uh, sometimes current events, sometimes not. We're going to talk a little bit about a bunch of stuff today, because I'm so excited for Steve to be here, and I love you very much. I'm so excited. Oh, I love and, you too, um, buddy. Thank and, you for having me. Yeah, you're the best, and you're hilarious, and um, yeah, and uh, Peter is, if, if you're new, he is a Irish, Northern Irish philosopher slash theologian, and we do this podcast, uh, almost, we try to do weekly, but well, we've been kind of, yeah. We've been pretty bad. We've been lax. I think we're going to get yeah. better when you actually leave town. Yeah. That's my theory. Uh, <laughs> Whenever yeah. I'm no longer on yeah, the Yeah, when show. you get the hell out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when I finally push you out. Um, this is, is this actually what phasing this is, in. This is what yeah. it's about? Testing oh out Steve as the new host. Steve is the new philosopher. Um, perfect. I can't exactly. wait to have nine podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You need one more. So anyway. I'm just adjusting your audio for you. Don't worry I'm about like, it. I get excited. <laughs> yeah, That's, yeah. I'm very calm until the, <laughs> the mic goes on, and then I just bring it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Just the magic speaks. I have noticed a complete difference in you since we started recording. Yeah. Cool. So uh, the way this usually works, Steve, is uh, Pete will bring something up and he'll talk about it for a second and then we'll talk about it. And uh, and then we'll, at the end, we'll do like a little takeaway. We'll do a little summation. And that's the end of the podcast. Great. And, I love um, it. Sometimes it's it's serious and sometimes it's not. And it's all all fun. Yep. Wow. I that's love it. it. Okay. So, well, Pete, will take I it away. Kick things off. Kick it well, off. Well, okay. I saw on the news, do you see this about two days ago? Scientists, uh, Russian scientists reversed the arrow of time. Oh, man. I have not so seen we're diving this. In. We're starting light. I'm yep. so, so excited about this. This is where I want to start. If, yeah. If you're up for yeah. it. I am I'm, so up for this. I haven't heard a thing about it. Okay. Because this, I think, is going to lead us to the death of the universe, oh. and then trauma, and then sublimation, and then Steve's issues. Yeah, yeah. great. So <laughs> basically, we're... Yeah, yeah, ready for the the, the, the water. The works, ones baby. that natural yogurt don't fix. Right? Oh man, I can't wait. <laughs> um, so yeah, basically what happened uh, is that some scientists have, in a very small way, reversed the second law of thermodynamics, which is basically that the universe will ultimately die in entropy. You know, basically everything's go towards everything. It's more more and more chaotic and yes, chaotic and into like a like a va like a, a steady state mm -hmm. of complete dissipation of everything. Wow! And so the Russian scientists were able to for a nanosecond, and I haven't read too much about it, so I have to look into it. But some have basically reversed that arrow. So okay, for for, for a nanosecond or something. Wow! How did uh, what happens to that second? Where'd that second go? Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. It's it's not that they went back in time, in in a common sense way. I think it's basically just that they reversed the law of thermodynamics. So, whatever state this computer was in, it went back to a more ordered state. 
I mean, I don't. That's what the headline yeah. seemed to say. Which, that, when you say it like that, sounds like the opposite of how cool it originally sounded. <laughs> yeah, it just sounds yeah. like it got kind of organized. For I a mean, second, it does sound like it does sound like the beginnings of something really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the nano nano cool. Yeah, because this is like this is big news in the science community, probably yeah. right. Yeah. So so it's like uh, you know this is the beginning of something pretty amazing probably and it, it could be the the this could be the vocation that humans were created for oh wow this this is where okay, so this is the fun yeah, yeah this yeah, is where this we're gonna dive into the, the your your in your mildly insane idea here that I, <laughs> is very fun wow I yeah, love it's this so much fun so there was a Soviet philosopher called Ilyenkov right he killed himself uh, when he was in his I think it was in his forties and I. Came across him because uh, one of my favorite philosophers recently, Slavio Šizek, talked about this guy, and I just want to kind of outline one of his theories, which I think you'll find fascinating, uh, and how it's related to this notion of reversal of time. Oh, so, Ilyenkov basically starts with the idea that the universe is infinite in space and time, right? So everything exists, and there's two types of things that exist: substance and subject. So thinking and things are the two types of things that exist in the universe that we see. Okay. So subject and s- substance. And like the, me and my thoughts. Yeah, you and your body. <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you know, what's sometimes going on in your head? Yeah. Subject. Wait a minute. Ellie, you think you're the center of your universe? You know, yeah. I can attest to that. Yeah. Yeah. So the universe, infinite space and time, the problem is the universe is actually degenerating. A third dynamic showing gradually the universe has gone from a singularity of complete density into entropic death. Yeah, this right? is great news. So this, yeah. is in, this is incredible news. We're on the way out. Yeah. We're on the way out. This is a long way away, but yeah. we're on the way out. Even if we work out how to live forever, yeah. this will kill us. Do yeah. you think, it, are we the cause of it? Or it's just a natural occurrence? No, well, see, this is where Elyankov gets interesting, right? Because he says, this is a problem, the universe will eventually dissipate. But then why is why is it even here? Basically, that would have happened once, a blip. But what seems to happen if, it, if the universe is infinite is somehow the universe then reverses the process, goes what scientists call the crunch, the big crunch, reverses back into a single point of singularity and starts again. Okay. I had a big crunch at Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same idea. You felt it. You felt it, it, it went like that, and then it all just yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it all just came out this morning. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. So that's the, the universe idea. is exactly like that. Like talk, like eating a crunch wrap. <laughs> yeah. Taco Bell. Uh, that's it. It, it infinitely explodes out and it crunches back in. Right. Kind okay. of like the Ouroboros infinite. Kind oh, of like yeah, do, is it strip. is it an infinite thing or do you think it's just happening? It, if if this theory is correct, it happens once and then comes back out. Well, yeah, what Ilyenko would say is it happens, yeah, it happens once, it keeps going out, back in, for infinity. Wow. The universe keeps just, okay. go, this, this is an infinite process that happens. And in terms of infinity, it's all already happened. But in terms of our experience within time, it's it's unfolding. He sounds like he yeah. enjoyed drugs. But this is not, and this is not the <laughs> and interesting was fun stuff. at parties. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is the this is the boring bit, right? The, this, this is, is the it boring gets better. bit. Oh yeah, there's. I don't want to stop talking about yeah. this. <laughs> well, then he says, "Well, hold on. If this happens, if there's a big crunch, how does it occur? Because that would go against the law of thermodynamics, right? That that doesn't seem possible to happen. So his argument." as a type, creates a type of secular religion, he says that the universe has to give birth to thinking subjects whose then job it is 
to sacrifice themselves through wow. the creation of a technology that will destroy everything. The internet. The internet is consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably consciousness is the better so, non-ironic answer. Yeah. But so human beings have a vocation and our vocation is the destruction of the universe. And this is why Thanos well, I'm nailing it. In, in the Avengers, the problem with that movie, what was it called? Infinite War? Infinity Inf- War. Infinity Wars. War, yeah. See, Thanatos was a good pagan. Thanos. Thanos, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I saw it briefly. <laughs> yeah. um, How dare you? Thanos. Thanos. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, get, keep me right. So Thanos thinks he's a good pagan. He thinks that the universe is in imbalance. To return balance, you have to kill half of all things, right? Which, ironically, is what a lot of people think today in liberalism, is if you destroy a certain group of people, we can restore balance to the universe. Right? Yeah. The evil people. The evil people, yeah. Because within paganism, evil is, one, is a thing that can be removed. So enemies are the manifestation of a problem in society that we should get rid of. But within a dialectic type of thinking, it's no enemies are the concrete manifestation of a trauma and antagonism in reality itself. Wow. In other words, yeah. Well, in other words, yeah, that... You can't get rid. You can't bring the world into balance. We are inherently imbalanced. The universe is inherently uh, yeah. in conflict with itself. But we'll there's get no utopia to, happening. Yeah, no utopia. But but that's um, the, and we'll get to that because that's really interesting. But, wow, um, we're having fun, right? Oh man, <laughs> it's Saturday, everybody. Is this an hour long podcast? We're recording this on a Saturday. because yeah. <laughs> I want a, it to be. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be four hours. Yeah, holy yeah. shit. Well, all right, so the universe, what it does to solve the problem, the universe creates God. So in a sense, God does not exist, but God will exist. As in the universe creates a being of such a a type of thought, of such complexity that it has the ability to destroy itself to get the universe started. And that (sighs) is the first step we took today. And (laughs) so it's sacrifice. Well, that's why he thought he talked about cosmic communism. He said... He said, ultimately, a species has to arise that is so selfish that it will destroy itself in order to recreate the universe. And he says, capitalists can't do that because they want to uh, disobey the, the second law of thermodynamics. Yeah. They want to accumulate more. So he said the universe has to give birth to a, a group of people who are so selfless that they will destroy everything. And oh, that was the problem with Thanos. I don't understand that. I'm lost a little bit. No, I've completely got it. Can I explain it oh, to yeah. you? Go yes. Basically, the universe created the group of people that would be the adversary, or what is the, like the fight, like the, the, the you've lo- I've lost oh, yeah. you. The, the, no, I'm here. The, I'm here. The universe will create the bad guys to fight the good guys, and just so the outcome can be that the world is destroyed. It's more chaos yes. and, and takes us toward... Right? Okay, cool. Is that essentially exactly it? Okay. It's that the universe is on the side you. of the baddies. That's the funny thing about Hollywood. Wow. Hollywood's all, we're all on the side of the goodies. But in one sense, what uh, um, this guy Lenkov is saying is, no, the universe ultimately creates a force that will destroy it in the sense of it will bring back the big crunch mm-hmm. that will then allow the big bang. The diarrhea of the big bang yeah. to occur. And it keeps going. So Thanos <laughs> thinks that he can save the universe by killing half of subjects, half of all thinking beings, mm-hmm. but, yeah. and, and then restore balance. But in this kind of notion is, no, what, what Thanos was supposed <laughs> to do was reverse the very yeah. nature of time and destroy everything. So he was a card. You know? I kind of, you know, wow. even during the movie, I kind of was like, 
I mean, everyone has that. There's that whole meme that went around of like Thanos was right. We should just get rid of half the people. And you know, there's that like population control thing of like yeah. there's too many people. And, and he was wrong because he's only getting rid of half. Exactly. That's the problem. Yeah. And these people, he said it, that he's wrong, but for the opposite reason. There's this like picture that is a. It shows um. It, it's like New York, and then it's like an artist rendering of what it would look like two years if humans just went away from New York, oh, yeah. and it's just everything is covered in grass, and it's this beautiful like yeah you know, cover. I mean, I don't know if that's necessary. I mean. That would be making it it makes it seem like it's actually prettier and better yeah. there was a show you... like that do you remember there was a show on like the discovery channel and it was like if we were oh, gone yeah, or yeah. something and it shows like it goes it starts from like the first few weeks all the way into like hundreds of years into what the earth would look like if humans just were all gone mm-hmm. and it's just so, yeah and everything gets covered in grass and animals rule the land and yeah essentially that yeah. but this is crazy yeah. this is crazy crazy yeah. cool shit this is why elenkov is not a naturalist in that way because he believes that actually the universe necessarily creates thought in order to fulfill its destiny, which so is kind of like so, a theistic. So that is a very religious kind of like. There's a designer. There's a there's somebody with a. I mean, it almost sounds like the universe itself has some kind of consciousness. That's like I'm going to take care of this and look out for well, numero uno. You're. I think you're right in the sense of it's a religion. Like he, but he was a like a radical dialectic materialist. He was trying to create a, a secular religion. Yeah. Which, but. So th- you, the universe doesn't have consciousness because I know why you're saying. As soon as I say that the universe creates things, like design, it sounds like, yeah, like yeah. design exactly. And you put it in that metaphor. But his argument in this essay, Cosmology of Spirit, is that it's it's just that subject and substance are uh, the nature of reality itself. So yeah. the universe doesn't actually intend to create thinking beings, but it does it's the ultimate complexity that it allows for its destruction right so, but, but which I, allows yeah. for its rebirth does, which allows for its I continuation want, basically yeah does yeah, that exactly. theory um does it work with the whole like you know the universe is all a big coincidence theory that like everything is a coincidence the way the reason why we're even alive like does oh, that yeah. still do, do you think that parallels that at all or do you think that's a completely different idea after that no that's a good point because you know the question is is he saying that there's a radical contingency in the universe, which is things random things happen. He, I don't think he is saying that, and I think that's one of the problems with his thought. Yeah, he's he seems to be saying that there is a necessity built into the universe, so it just basically of necessity. Uh, there, so there is no contingent happenings. Everything is predetermined. If I knew everything about your, you know, speed and place and all of that, I could always predict what you would do right. if I was God. And he seems to have a title of what's called a totalizing deterministic view of the universe wow so what is so now he by the way he said he was kind of playing this is this is a form of philosophical it's like speculation. a thought it's more yeah. like a thought experiment yeah, it's, it's not a, like this guy's going like this is fantasy yeah. and that's kind mm-hmm. of what i was thinking too though like while you were telling this because i was just thinking like wow this is such a wonderful um thought i mean not wonderful really that's the wrong <laughs> word to choose but it's a very interesting thought and an interesting way to to think about why we're here and what the universe is and why it's happening. I mean, it still doesn't give you the why, but it's an interesting theory. But there's probably, like, an infinite amount of theories, and it's like, how do we... Like, we'll probably never know the truth in our lifetime, but is is there one kind of, like... I mean, I'm sure you've already answered this, but for you, is there one kind of, like theory that you feel is probably the closest to the to the true to theory yeah I, I, there's a there is a f- kind of theoretical school that i kind of more adhere to um mormonism 
more. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> he keeps oh, that's around, why you're so nice. Yeah, he's. I've uh, got my hoodie underwear on right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Usually he wears the white shirt, but today he switched up. It's Saturday. I understand. So, yeah, yeah. 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 That's so, why we couldn't do Sunday. Mm-hmm. Got it. Oh, yeah. Oh, always. Oh, did Mormons go to church on Sunday or Saturday? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. The wrong person. Nah, that's Saturday where I'm lost. Yeah. Hey, Excellent whatever. deflection, people. Yeah. <laughs> Until it gives me a few more <laughs> seconds to think yeah. about how to answer this question. Um, yeah, like, I think all theories tell you something about the current thinking of the generation that brought it up. But then there's a type of thinking called German idealism that I think is the least bad way of getting in touch with reality. Uh, but that's not really an answer to your question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I is, it, is it a personal thing, too, to kind of be like, well, this is my theory? Because it's like you're, you're opening yourself up to, to people to go like, you're an idiot. That's yeah. the, that's incorrect. Yeah, like, once people know? know, once people have that kind of like, Neil deGrasse Tyson has a real good clip on that, like Big Think or one of those channels where he's just like, I don't say it. Because like, if I say it, people then put you in a little box and you can't. It's like a conversation yeah. ender yeah. a little bit. We had a, when we were doing the... um filming yesterday for your show we, we were on the couch and one of the questions on patreon was like uh what would be something that you, what would be like it was mostly for joe but it was like all of you what would be like the one thing you would like tell your kid like the one lesson you could like you know kind of like um just inject into them like the big life lesson and i was thinking about like what that answer for me would be and i think it would be something along the lines of like we if you can understand that you you don't act in your own best interests mm-hmm. um then i think it helps you through life like if you know if you look at your behavior and you look at your decisions you can usually see that like you're not really you're you're doing what you think is going to be good yeah. but like it's like when we talk about self sabotage here a lot and we talk yeah. about like how we kind of tend to shoot ourselves in the foot i've done it countless times professionally and uh and personally and um i feel like this argument this like universe kind of like heading toward destruction and creating beings that like some of them are going to figure out a way to you know whatever like yeah, and it's and just like watching it play out or it's something. like a macro yeah. scale of like yeah like we are going like even the universe is going like i'm going to act in a way that results in my destruction and i do that on most friday nights but yeah. destruction <laughs> and ultimate recreation you mm-hmm. don't you don't do that that's well, yeah. 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 he hasn't gotten to yeah he hasn't gotten the recreation yet because that's <laughs> my the, saturday morning because that's what it is i mean i think for thanos he wanted to like it was a selfish thing and also he was an it was a maniacal he was probably yeah. psychologically not okay yeah. for you know and I think we see the proof of you that you don't know that you don't um, know that <laughs> but I think you gotta walk in his shoes has he walked in his shoes has he walked in his big purple shoes has he walked in his big purple he I just think he you know he wanted a world where he could just kind of relax and not worry about you know like whatever I mean I don't know it just seemed like he wanted an emptier world but that's like insane. Mm-hmm. That's like so insane. It's yeah. just like all that does is delay. You know, the Earth will die someday, no matter what. You yeah. know, so it's like why yeah. he just I mean, wanted to have that selfish moment yeah. in that's, his life. That's what's so beautiful about Ilyankov is he because he wants to create a secular religion that has almost like higher value than than religion, and so he creates a religion where. Are the ultimate act of salvation is destruction, that you will annihilate yourself for the recreation of everything. So he gives humans this incredible dignity. He says, you are the universe thinking itself and the universe seeing itself and feeling itself. Um, and you have been given this cosmic vocation 
which is to be part of the process of the universe dying so that all things can be reborn. Like, it's, just, it's actually quite a beautiful mm-hmm. message of salvation, which most, and he says that's why we have, a, we have to have a better class of people because most people wouldn't go to the altar for that message, yeah. right. come to the front to be destroyed for no return. Right. There is no heaven, there is no reward, because it's easy to kill yourself for a big reward. Sure. You're gonna kill yourself for no reward at all. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I wonder I wonder what the motivation is at that point, really, because it's it's really one of those things that's like, all, all religions kind of have their, like when you die, something else happens. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's your consciousness is sent to another being and you still have that kind of like piece of yourself connected to that being or you go to a heaven or you go to a hell or whatever. I wonder I wonder what motive what would motivate specifically a group of people to 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 join su- such a religion. Such a religion. Yeah. Cause yeah. And it's something that's the interesting question. For some of us, I think we all knew that in everyday life we're utilitarian. So in everyday life, you're always minimizing your pain, maximizing your pleasure in some way. You're always calculating, you're an economist, what do I get out of this? But we all- You're buckling your seatbelt, you're- Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Getting out of bed and going to work. Yeah, Yeah. you're hopefully, you know, not breaking the law. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, but then we all know that there's moments, and love is one of them, when you fall in love and you go, oh, I don't look at this in economic terms. This is worth dying for, for nothing. This is, so suddenly utilitarianism is out of the window. There are these events that happen in our lives, even if we don't obey them, even if we uh, reject, which most of us do, we most of us don't listen to the unconditional call, but we still feel it. And we know that, oh, there's something, and maybe it's the highest thing, which transcends utilitarianism, transcends economy, and brings us into a place where we will give everything for literally nothing. Kierkegaard called that the religious moment. But, uh, but, but that moment, say, in love, where you go, this is valued more than everything, including my own pleasure, is the highest. So this religion would be appealing to that unconditional call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's So yeah. It, it's kind of like a, just maybe like a new level of humanity, where yeah. you're just kind of like... You know, we're we're doing it for, to to just do it. You yeah. know, it's it, this is going to help this cause. Although it's also the basis of the most brutal evil. So just very quickly, we think of evil as being utilitarian, like people do evil things because they get pleasure out of it. But true evil, and it sounds weird saying it, but true evil is when someone is willing to do something horrific for nothing. And you think of the kind of a, maybe a you know, fascist kind of thing where the, the Joker, some the men Joker, just want to yeah. watch the world burn. The world kind burn. Of. Yeah, although I quite like the Joker, so I, would, I might well, pick yeah, him I a mean. different. <laughs> I think Batman's the problem there. But um, the uh, the uh, what was I saying there? But oh, um, oh, radical evil is someone says I will kill myself for for say ongoing conflict just for just for pure pathological reasons and uh, that's the kind of evil it's hard to understand whenever <laughs> someone says like i didn't even get any pleasure out of it i just so that is the there's the great ethical act which is you go beyond economy and then there's this great act of regression where we can sometimes yeah. get before it. there's wow. this um this i think it's like interview with a serial killer or something like that on netflix and i oh i'm gonna I watch the hell out of that i got mm. in, like 10 minutes into it and um I was like, we, we gotta watch something else. Like this is too too dark. But it was that kind of guy who spoke with such a detachment about what he was doing. Yeah, it was yeah. uh, it, to the point where I was like, 
Okay, that's the most chilling thing that you can possibly uh, see is just a guy who's like, yeah, I, just, yeah, I did it. And yeah, and how do you this like... This is how I did it. It feels like the answer is like rehabilitation and, and mental health help. and But it seems like for someone who, who is ultimately willing to do horrific things for absolutely no reason with no payoff... Mm-hmm then like what could how could you give present anything to that person mm-hmm. that would that would cause any kind of change yeah you it's, don't what they want is ultimately what you don't want to happen and in order to give someone something you kind of have to give them what they want you know it's mm-hmm. like be happy do whatever you can to be happy but that guy's be happy he's is, not playing uh, the game he's it's, just not yeah, yeah, yeah it's just yeah, a yeah. Broken, he's not negotiating it's, yeah. you know we it's a broken person it feels like that's like unfixable it's yeah. terrifying Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marquis de Sade talked about it in terms of, I think it was the breaking the natural law, but you you break out of this even nature, because mm-hmm. na- naturally animals are all utilitarian, they maximize their pleasure, minimize their pain, but somehow the, the reality birthed a creature that was able to break out of that natural law. Fucking consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Fucking it consciousness. gets us every time. It yeah. gets us in the end. Consciousness mm-hmm. will have the last laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, according to... That's uh, the title of the podcast. Oh, there you go. Well, according to Elyankov, yeah, consciousness is we will get to the point where we will have the last laugh, the last act, and then destroy everything. Wow. Um, And then, and so it just came to mind whenever I heard about the Russian scientist, because like, oh, because he was talking about this in a speculative way in in maybe the 40s. And now, just two days ago, I'm reading about a science thing where they're going like, we might be able to reverse thermodynamics by a nanosecond. But if the arrow of time reverses, basically what we're doing is we're creating a technology that is able to reverse the thermodynamic law and destroy the universe. And that might be the ultimate heroic act of humanity, pressing that button. I wonder, Doc though, is it, is it ultimately <laughs> heroic, though, if it if it's something that kind of just happens organically? Well, no, like if on it's, accident, yeah, it, like, oops, we blew yeah, up Yeah, but it does seem like in this theory, the uni- it was the universe's, you know, idea to create, to somehow create yeah. a species that would one day find a way to undo the universe, essentially. Yeah, oh. maybe that's where freedom comes in as the universe is sweating, going, we'll steal yeah, like, the Yeah, let's button. see what happens. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Will, will we do another round in the At that point, it would seem utilitarian to that being, though, yeah. right? Because that seems like a pleasure, like almost doing it for a pl- almost like that feeling of like gambling, that yeah. human feeling of like, am I going to win? Am I going to lose? Yeah. Let's see what happens. But it's gambling with something that's like yeah. infinitely. Yeah. I mean, it's the ultimate. The, fu- the irony of that is, yeah, once most of us in everyday life, we decide what to do in relation to, you know, we get in a reward, even if we just feel good. I yeah. buy you tickets to a concert, I feel good. Even if I do it anonymously, I feel good. Uh, this kind of act is the idea that no, you give without any thought of reward, but in those acts, they feel like they give you the best reward. Yeah. So ultimately, weirdly, you, ca- you can't do that type of act out of a desire for reward. But weirdly, if you can get into that space, you get an ultimate reward. So yeah, it's the, it is wow. like a love thing. It's like a, yeah. it's an act of love or an act of evil because both have the uh, yeah. both have that unconditional. Like it doesn't matter what happens in return. I'm going to do this. Okay. Oh, I was yeah. going to say my question about this is though is that um, 
in this particular theory, and again, it's not like, you know, this is a unbreakable theory, you know, and we've already kind of found some wavering ideologies in there that make it seem kind of like, well, but what about this, you know, and what about that? There's always a what about this about this theory. And my my potential what about this is... um, you know, just for fun, the idea that this that the universe is is purposefully killing itself almost heroically in a sense, but then but then still coming back and then dying and coming back in an almost an infinite, infinite. loop. You know, do, I wonder if that you know it is sort of like a you know that the reward is still that you know that it will come back. Yeah. I wonder if yeah. that's an aspect of that. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, the whole thing you presuppose that they're gonna that right. It, it, that, you're doing it because there's it's going to be infinite. Yeah. yeah, and you're doing it so it can be infinite or something. Yeah. You know, My, who knows? Yeah. So you don't, you don't stop at all. I think. Well, actually, uh, the thinker who I discovered Al Yankov through Slavio Shizek would say that one of the issues with this vision is it's not dark enough, right? We need to, it's not, it's not, we need to go somewhere worse. Yeah, that's classic Shizek. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, And the reason... Also classic fundamentalist podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. It's not... (laughs) And how can it be worse? (laughs) The only area you're you're wrong in is that you experience any comfort or happiness whatsoever. And... uh, it We're here to blacker. remedy that. So Thanos was was wrong because he only killed half of the universe. Elenkov is wrong because he destroys all of the universe. Um, it's seventy five percent. Yeah, no, it's it's one hundred and twenty percent. Yeah, you have to turn it to eleven. Yeah. Look, there's a pop culture reference. You got to turn it Thank to you. eleven. Yes, I like that reference. Do you know what that's <laughs> from? Yes, Steve? I do know what that's okay, from, cool. and I love it. Uh, try and to I be appreciate it. The kids. I love it. I appreciate. <laughs> I hear it, and thank you. Um, I appreciate. I hear it, and I thank you. So, what's yeah. how do you go further than? The entire universe. Well, the issue is, so Ilyankov, you could say um, that he has. It's I not love a, that it is Yankov. Ilyankov. Ilyankov. Yankov. Weird Ilyankov. Well, Weird Ilyankov. I'm probably saying it wrong, but it Ilyankov. just sounds like an insult. Yeah. These guys are really. It sounds yeah, like a yeah, bad Yankov. guy. I mean, yeah. I think he sounds like the perfect bad guy yeah. for, uh, for a movie, That's like a Mission this, Impossible movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you where you discover, but that he's actually the well, kind of oh, the good guy because like he wants that. to destroy everything. Right. So they're they're trying to stop him from destroying the universe, like a Thanos so character, realize. but one yeah. that goes further, <laughs> further, <laughs> and, and, and better. Yes. And less purple, maybe. Yeah. Um. Oh. Oh. Did I see a purple Will Smith? No, oh, you, you saw, saw blue. blue uh, Will Smith. I'm colorblind. I can't tell the difference between uh, purple yeah. and blue. Anyway. Yeah, I'd rather it be purple Will Smith. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, people I'd... are really back on that. Uh, it's like they did a people did a big reversal, and they're like into him doing this character now. Did you see that like Twitter moment? And then I saw some people who I follow being like, "I'm in," and I was like, "I, I have no." Real opinion on it. I just kind of think he looks. Silly, I have but an opinion on it. Li- I'd love to hear it. It's just that I don't think you you just. First of all, there's nothing you can do to replace Robin Williams ever on the history of this universe. Yes. Robin Williams was a treasure, and his energy is not. There's no ba- There's no match mm-hmm. to Robin Williams. So watching Will Smith like change really quickly into something, and then do like R- Robin Williams style like jokes and bits it's like not rob it's not will smith's thing yeah that was robin williams thing and so it's very strange to see the songs and characters so who would you have cast if you were the casting director and you were thinking about the character for aladdin yeah would you just say i'm not working on it because robbie williams isn't available i honestly or- think that if i had a if i had my druthers if i had my say i would say 
if the genie was completely CG, so it's not like an actor portraying the face, at least. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, like, I don't know, who's the funniest person currently? Like, I mean, uh, maybe you could do, like, a Patton Oswald voice or something, or like a... I don't know. Yeah. Trevor uh, Noah? Trevor Noah. That'd be kind of fun. A Trevor Noah genie? No, there's no I was no just energy. trying to find the person I think you wouldn't, you wouldn't agree with at all. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that it's the nature of the fact that they're just trying to make a point-for-point remake and not like a, a fresh artist, artistic like interpretation of Aladdin. Like It's literally a remake of an yeah, animated movie. And so like, it's like, yeah, like it, there's no real good answer there if you they don't allow the actor to bring their own stuff to it i mean ultimately it's probably gonna be fine and it'll make a fuck ton of money and people will love it and everyone who is shitting on it will probably enjoy it including myself but yeah me too but at the end of the day i think had they gone another direction let's say they like killed the color scheme of like the whole disney's cartoon aladdin kill them i mean maybe keep the music but but you know just Create new style, new Something, yeah. new visuals, like, and then you know, then you could have Will Smith be the genie because then he could he didn't have to be maybe he doesn't have to be blue. Yeah. He can be like this whole other yeah thing that's not not connected so much to the cartoon one. Yeah. And by the way, this is what I love about life is right one one moment we can be talking about the destruction of everything that ever lived every every being, and the next moment we can talk about movies. I like mm-hmm. that's life. It's yeah. like one minute you're going like I'm going to be dead in forty years, <laughs> yeah. and then the next minute you're like having the laugh yeah but let's talk about the genie oranges (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh yeah the oranges yeah the the oranges Uh, the subhuman oranges while we're on the subject of movies and we'll get right back into the destruction of the universe yeah uh folks but uh last night um i was like i was over with grace i was like i want to watch a movie i was like we've been watching a lot of documentaries and reality i was like i just need like a narrative or whatever and we tried watching some stuff she's not really into movies and i'm not really in movies and then we saw the left behind movie with oh, nicholas yes. cage, cage. i watched available. the nicholas cage movie last night as well really yeah what'd lord, you see uh, lord of war i really like it oh, yeah i've not seen it Very yeah good. you like those actiony movies that are kind I of just, action's like, fun man yeah it's great well, the great thing about lord of war it, is that's an action movie that i cannot feel embarrassed about because i i watch a lot of steven seagal as well uh, <laughs> but yeah, mostly for the yeah. the irony is incredible i yeah. started watching the steven seagal yesterday but even i couldn't <laughs> like, like classic steven seagal yeah. no this is one of those recent ones uh, yeah, yeah i can't so, do it can't yeah. do it the no. left behind movie with nicholas cage is uh i mean it's hilarious are you familiar with the left behind story of what no. that is so left behind is based on a series of books that were massively popular in the based christian on world the bible. based on the bible <laughs> they're based on revelation and it's about the rapture happening wait and, your mic is doing a thing so yeah there we go you're good it's okay, the, it just so happens to be that one great <laughs> Fair. Yeah, just be careful. Um, yeah, so there's it's basically the story of people getting raptured, and Nicolas Cage plays like a pilot who is uh, cheating on his wife, <laughs> and then so he doesn't get raptured. Of and course then, not. Um, there's like a Muslim guy, and for some reason he doesn't get doesn't get You've raptured. Got and to be kidding me. Then there's a little me. person that uh, is also doesn't get raptured. And he's very cynical and very mean or whatever. But there's. There's so many insane things in this movie. There's a shot where they're they're they land the plane and they're getting off the plane and for some reason with no acknowledgement, there's a shot of a guy kicking the little person in the back and he flies down the inflatable like slide and bounces twice and then and then off of the slide. And I was like, 
It was like <laughs> I was like, what? There's like a physical comedy moment, or it was it meant even to be comedy. dramatic? I think it was meant to be dramatic, and they didn't know what they were doing. Like oh, they have no budget. My God! And it's with Nicolas Cage being like, "This is the beginning," and like they get off the and it's like, was they, this theatrical? Was this in theaters? Uh, yeah, it was in theaters. I saw it actually. Yeah, I went to see it. I mean, very few select theaters. theaters like, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, okay. Like very select. No, it was um, a Christian movie. Um, yeah, they made a. I think they maybe made a couple of them. No, uh, way. they did the original. This is actually a remake. Yeah, because Kurt Cameron oh, played the, the main character. Oh, yeah. so you don't see the that's original. why I know about Left Behind. Oh, yeah. Yes, because of Kirk fucking Cameron. And then there's a second no, 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 one no, they made. No, but the, but you go back right to the seventies. They made there was an original oh. Thief in the Night, which is an amazing. Have you never seen? Thief I've in not the seen Night? Thief in the Night. I'm oh. writing this down right now. It's amazing. They drive motorcycles with um uh, uh what did, what takes off your head. Uh, guillotines? Gu- guillotines, yeah. No way. Yeah, to kill the Christians, beheading them. <laughs> wow, it's, yeah, you gotta watch that. Oh, there's, there's a trilogy you're gonna. They're classics. Classics. Okay, yeah. I'm ready. Anyway, what was it to, called? Thief in the Night? Uh, Thief in the Night. Um, yeah, and so there was a second Kurt Cameron Left Behind movie, and then Nick Cage came on. The budget was uh, $16 million. Okay. I, don't, I don't know where the money went. Two of it probably went to Nicolas Cage. Two, exactly. Yeah. And then. Um, and then f- they made 14 on it. So the, for some shocking reason, the movie took a loss. But uh, it's definitely worth checking out. And I didn't expect us to watch the entire thing. But, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's insane. Is it, it is it very much like a like propaganda, like very, very yeah, motivated? As much as you can get. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like so over oh, the top. Oh, I can't wait. Um, we, and, we've got to do a whole episode on, on the rapture. That's oh, our next oh, yeah. episode. Yeah. I'm bringing, yeah, this is a great, you know, because oh, yeah, I'm trying to is, stop myself from I know, jumping in. I know, I know. This is a separate, yeah. it's a separate episode. I, no, right? I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe did we should. You, did you see The Leftovers? Did you watch The Leftovers? No, I didn't. I've heard it's good. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Do you guys remember who Jordan Sparks is? The yeah. American Idol singer? Yeah. She's in the movie as a passenger with her daughter. Her daughter gets raptured, raptured. and she's freaking out. All of them freaking out. Where's my daughter? And then randomly in the on the plane, she has a gun and she stands up and she starts threatening to shoot everybody. And then she puts the gun on herself but she puts it at her chest like she doesn't put it against her head and i think it's because the imagery of somebody putting a gun on their it's head too is too much. violent but this is okay so she's about to shoot like the heart the, the pop well, that's singer what, that's what that pop singer did yeah no, that's what elliot not the pop singer the musician who like stabbed himself in the yeah. heart so i think it's quite a dramatic way to kill it yeah. is definitely yeah. dramatic but yeah. it's not what you do in a plane if nope. you're like <laughs> no you know. no and especially if you want to die right away yeah, right yeah. i was like you're just gonna watch <laughs> yeah. yourself die basically but it's so Isn't surreal killing yourself already not a christian thing yeah but yeah, yeah. she's not that's, a christian because she hasn't been raptured exactly uh, yeah. Yeah. oh that's she's capable yeah. of committing suicide so she will not be raptured well uh, when the i think it's po- well you're well, the one who watched it but i'm guessing you were high when you it's watched way it, so more I'm not nuanced sure than I, that yeah. oh okay yeah. good yeah. Um, i can't wait to dig in it's incredibly complex <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand uh, i'll take notes yeah the was best... it pre-trib or post-trip do you know all that stuff um, that's yeah. fundamentalist oh, oh, nerd stuff. we started talking i was like this is not even the half of it it gets so much weirder and there's people who are like the left behind series is sinful because it implies you can be saved after the rapture when of course you can't be saved after the rapture because the blah 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 and yeah. it's just in it's like boop boop and then it's as a result of being 32 and like growing up in that environment now i look back on it and i'm like i like i don't know i was talking to joe the other day about somebody who's like 
they're waiting until they get married. They're like in their 50s and they're waiting to get married and before they move in together, before they have sex and all this stuff. And they think because they're doing that, they're going to have a very successful marriage. And I kind of just had this look on my face that was like, that's the most insane thing I've ever <laughs> heard of. But I also know that it, once upon a time, it was not insane at all. I would be like... Right. It yeah. was a computer game as well, by the way. They made a left-behind computer game, and you could either be <laughs> oh, believers or fighters for the Antichrist. And I never played it, but it came out about 10 years ago. It was literally, really? you could run around in the United Nations, I think, was basically the Antichrist kind of uh, army. And, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, there's a the next whole world they... of enjoyment, man. I think oh you're going to enjoy God. some of this stuff. Yeah. The left-behind video game, you've got to find oh, that. Oh, man. you got to play that in the next Twitch I want yep. to see that. Yeah, we'll you. play Left Behind on the... Oh, my God. <laughs> Can we please? I will look into the possibility of it. Yeah. It might uh, require a lot of cables I would need to purchase to yeah. make an old computer connect to Twitch. Yep, uh, and some eBay. And some yeah, yeah I have to go to eBay. Well, anyway. Oh, yeah. um, so... Um, so how does this relate oh, to yeah. so we have the destruction of the universe and we have like it doesn't go far enough yada yada yeah. yada and then how well, let's I would love to I know where there's bullet points here what's okay. the next bullet point and how do we get from sad bullet point to next bullet point? yeah oh so you don't even know what the bullet point is so you I said, think what it's is something the bullet about point and how do we get there? yeah I know or sublimation is one of them total pro <laughs> yeah this is what I do as a professional uh, but I think it's oh, yeah. sublimation right but then it's before that it's before that yeah the, the move I think the next move is to say why potentially this vision isn't right which is partly because right there's two views you can take of reality uh, one is a kind of religious view i'm going to call it pagan a pagan view because humanism is a form of this which says that the universe is basically whole and complete it's 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 there's a oneness a mm -hmm. unity to the universe we don't experience that either because of illusion or because of some actual event that has kind of put us in imbalance with the universe. And we can get back to that balance, mm -hmm. right? So that's that's a kind of pagan notion of the universe. There is a unity, a wholeness that is there's a, disrupted. There's yeah, a, and we want to return to it. So wow. you see it within psychology. Like it's that's unionism. Yeah, I like yeah, that you too. love that stuff. You see, you're pagans. I'm yeah. trying to get you to be Christians. I mean, I'm, this is a yeah, conversion. To so us, I'm, yeah. gonna try, I'm trying to save you. I mean, we grew up, we're Western Westerners. Yeah, you know, yeah. we, this is our culture. We, yeah. need, we need it. We need it. We need the union. 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 Yeah, we really you. do. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you've got it. In, so yeah, in psychology, you've got unionism. In religion, you've got Christianity, which I think is Gnosticism. So what you see as Christianity, which is a, a form of there was a wholeness, now we've fallen and we'll return to that mm -hmm. wholeness. You get it when you go to a palm reader. It's everywhere. This yeah, yeah. it's meditation. Evolutionary psychology it's, yeah. is, has an ontological wholeness to it. So it's you've astrology. Got, it's everything. Yeah, yeah it's, oh, it's, it's very common. It's, like, it's the religion of LA, of Los Angeles. Uh -huh. Then you have a... Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Then you have... And, and Ilyenkov isn't completely that, but he does have this notion of a type of balance over time. So it's more it's more interesting than paganism. It, the universe collapses, returns, class returns. It, paganism is like Star Wars, where the the balance has yeah, to be returned to force. Yeah. So the Christ figure in Star Wars Are you is Darth with these Vader. Films? Yeah, have you heard um, of shit. Yeah, I, I saw <laughs> when I was a kid. Oh yeah, she get nervous. Um, this is Star real shit. Yeah, I'm going to say something like Star Trek. You know, Star Trek and Darth Vader <laughs> yeah. comes like. Yeah, and Steve is going to punch me in the face. I don't yeah. correct you. I'd have <laughs> some fun with it. <laughs> yeah, I think I did do that once. That was terrible. It's called Star Trek Star Wars. Oh man, yeah. that's so funny. <laughs> but um, the other the other view is that there is an inherent antagonism built into the world so that there is a trauma basically a trauma the, the universe is bleeding 
And the universe by its very nature bleeds. It's not that the universe is once whole and now it bleeds and then will be whole again. It's that reality itself, it's called ontological incompleteness, incompleteness theory, the, uh, that the universe is not at one with itself. And this is the more existential Yeah, vision. this is very, like, because you can't prove the there's no view. science here <laughs> yeah. yet. This is pure just, like, philosophy. We're getting well, no, strict. No, because you've in in science you've got uh, superpositioning and and quantum undecidability. Okay, that is the that's a that's a the version of Sorry. this in science. And in mathematics, you've got uncertainty principles. So you actually, I think it's a very scientifically astute. It's, I think it's scientifically correct. It's yeah. supported by it, but by, you, yeah. but when you say that you are speaking in a philosophical sense, yes, right? oh, yeah, like you're not into philosophy, yeah, yeah philosophical okay. terms. And I'm then, only saying that so I'm trying to follow. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> right, right, totally. Yeah. yeah, this is in philosophical terms. It's it's called you know incompleteness. You know, it's ontological incompleteness. Cool. And in religion, God is the name for completeness. In religionless kind of theology, God is the name for the incompleteness of the universe. The universe has a trauma, so it's already destroyed. It's like the crisis isn't coming. The universe already is in crisis. Wow. And that crisis is a part of the very nature of the universe itself. I mean, it's you're you're talking about humanity too, right? I mean, yeah. the, the whole idea of psychoanalysis is that you experience trauma at an early age from the separation from your mother, and then it results in absolutely. I got enough support from you because you kind of nodded at me that I got so excited <laughs> that I, I lost. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll just stop talking. <laughs> so I feel smart, so I'm gonna. I don't end have to say another thing. And, the whole fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> Because this is, well, this is where it lands home, because these two theories are, one is the trauma of the universe, so the, the slice in the universe is contingent. It once wasn't there, and you can get rid of it, either through meditation or money or whatever. Right? The other view is that, no, this is inherent to the universe, so you can't get rid of it. You have to tarry with it. You have to find a way to sublimate it to make it useful. And that's what evolutionary theory is. Evolutionary theory is the biological way of talking about ontological incompleteness. It is the ongoing antagonism in reality that creates complexity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then the next move is, what are human beings then? Well, we are substances. We are things that can conceptualize the trauma. So that's what makes us interesting is there's a wow, trauma in there's reality. there's that consciousness again. Yeah. Creeping we, in. Yeah, creeping in when you don't want it, nope. when you want it. Mm -mm. Yeah, I spend most of my days trying to get out of it. I know. How can you? Yeah, I've yeah. seen your lifestyle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't need to have these thoughts. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so, the, the reason why this becomes interesting is because in human subjects, there's two theories of trauma. One is a trauma is something that happened in your life that was terrible. So it it might not have happened. You could have actually avoided that. But then there's a notion that no traumas don't just happen to you trauma is you so you don't there's the traumas that happen within life and there is the trauma that is life itself and that's the kind of psychoanalytic idea which is not trauma isn't contingent you can get rid of it you can get rid of your antagonisms and be this whole person it's kind of like no your life is inherently traumatic and the only way you can do something about that is by facing it and making it work wow, for you. Wow, yeah, yeah. Allowing the trauma to, to just become a part of who you are, and yeah. that's that. And name it and see it. And that's why the talking cure is the idea that part of it's about you putting into words your oh, that's uh, interesting. trauma. Yeah, so yeah. You, you kind of like hack away at it with language. Mm -hmm. uh, but then the, the next trick is you don't hack away with it with language. You actually find a language that can articulate it that can speak it. And that's how we get art. Art, yes. 
Yeah, art. The, the, well, same word by that. I think you're right. Well, yeah, it's like the you know jokes, painting, any kind of creativity. The the sublimation point that we were oh, kind yes. of getting at a second ago because I know that's the oh, next yeah, point, yeah. but that's the whole. It's you take those the languages, like for you it would be comedy. For right. you, it's making jokes. Like I was thinking about that video that we posted. Um, it's on our Patreon, but uh, it's uh, going to go up. I think on. Thursday. Um, I don't know when this is going up, but the, it's that eye contact video, and in it, you sort of are saying like, "This is." It's just like I. It breaks my like, brain. I make, yeah, you're yeah. Like, I make jokes like yeah. that's what I do, and I think I that's that video. By the way, I watched it the other day. Did I you like it? So yeah. Phenomenal. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, people yeah. are really excited about. It. I'm I'm stoked about it, but um, yeah, we're gonna do the other pairs too. I think which will be oh, really nice. fun. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, go on the Valley Folk and you'll find it. Yeah, yeah. it's there basically eye con- yeah. We make eye contact with each other for four minutes straight, which is uh, yeah, very interesting. It's but, an um, interesting experiment. Yeah, and it's so interesting to see like how we specifically behave. It's very cool. But in that, you were like, "Oh, this is what I do." Like, I make all these jokes. And I'm like, "Well, that's what kind of because we were talking about you talking on the podcast, and uh, we're like, oh, sublimation makes sense because that is kind of what you were experiencing, and it's an advanced kind of defense." Uh, yeah mechanism yeah. like it's not you're not you're not rather you could be doing drugs and punching walls and and all this stuff but or denying that you are uh in any kind of anxiety anxious or anything like that but yeah. instead you own all of it and you make comedy out of it which is yeah which yeah. it is a defense mechanism for certainly from when i was young too from mm-hmm. fighting bullies and shit like it, you know my my way of fighting bullies was to find out you know the weakness in the in the comedy mm-hmm. way yeah. and then comedically saying that out loud and defending myself that way yeah and it was it's all based in comedy it's yeah a powerful uh tool well i do think yeah. laughter yeah laughter is a powerful thing mm-hmm. it's it's the high it's the highest defense mechanism which is what i yeah as soon as you said about art it's like oh yeah and when he talked about it it's like you can either make war or art you know you can either with this trauma you either manifest in such a way that it's destructive politically culturally religiously or you somehow turn it into something beautiful a piece of art comedy music that's that's kind of your two options with this trauma yeah we think the option is to get rid of it but really what you want to do is weaponize it for the good. Yeah. You want to mobilize your anxiety um, because it will actually be what fuels the, your creation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it ties in with your strengths, your personal yeah. strength and getting through this, this, all of this madness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost like, it's almost like the, the people who have trauma and anxiety and uh, find it very difficult to in, interact with the world in fear of enclosed spaces, open spaces, opening letters, driving, whatever it is, that experience is closer to the truth than the person who gets up in the morning, goes to their work nine to five, comes home, watches Netflix. You are, and it's not, a, it's a difficult thing, but, it's, but you're closer to the truth in the sense of the truth is that we are, life is traumatic and we have to find a way of seeing that. And if you can't see it at all, that's that's really bad if if you like there's a book i have called on being normal and other disorders it's a great title for a book that's great and it's like normality is more dangerous often because you have to repress this trauma anyway sorry we're gonna say wow yeah i mean do you feel like it's that or or is it like the two sides of the same coin more so than like i don't know I, i feel like um 
we all see people who like define themselves by their trauma and they define themselves by oh, like yeah. the bad stuff and all that. And it's like, I don't know. I don't feel like they're necessarily yeah. closer to the truth because I mean, they're just using their trauma for personal gain. It yeah. seems at that point and almost like put it, it's not really addressing it. Like it's sort of just like naming it, which and, is good. Unless but it's, it's like the only way they can address it or it's the only way that they're comfortable addressing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, any other way would be destructive maybe, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. destructive to be, to use it as a way to make money too, you know? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. ultimately, I mean, and, and, and guess unless it isn't destructive to do that, and it's just kind of like being self self yeah. selfish and Fun. L- learning how to survive by by exploiting your your life. Yeah, yeah. doing your thing. Yeah, <laughs> being a person. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. You could and you could maybe say so. It's closer to the truth, and that they're feeling they're feeling something that they're feeling this ontological incompleteness in their being. But the the issue is that they haven't been able to one hasn't been able to fully embrace that darkness because the problem with depression is you could define depression as failure to get the lost object and the lost object is the thing you think will make you happy whole and complete so depression is not depressed enough because you still believe there's something that will make you whole and complete you just don't have it you're not talking so, about clinical depression you're talking about the philosophical philosophically sort of, but it does relate to yeah. clinical as well interestingly but but yeah but you're right this more of a philosophical look yeah. So the thing about depression, the way to win it is weirdly to get to to redouble depression, to get so depressed that you go, there is actually nothing. That woman that I could have married but didn't, she couldn't make me whole and complete. I still wouldn't I, have been happy. Yeah, because yeah, I can't be made whole and complete. I may have been happier, but I couldn't be whole and complete. So weirdly, the way out of the depression is to redouble it, become even more depressed. But then you're free from the lost object, and then you're able to go. Okay, so there's nothing that will make my life whole and complete, but there's things that will make my life better, and you can be a healthier person. That reminds me, one of my favorite your show moments is um, sometimes uh, uh, Steve and I get in little giggle fits, and it's real fun. <laughs> but one episode, I just turn to Steve and I go, "It's never going to get better than this," and uh, that's a very depressing thought. Yeah, and instantly. The, yeah, and both of us just burst out laughing, and you're like, "I know," and like, but we found joy in the joy moment, in and it's also just like it was a, it felt very. Um, you know, it was one of those moments of like it's us on one side of the couch, and then and then Lee and Joe on the other side, and it's very. But it was one of those moments like, oh, there's some kind of grappling with like the idea that like, oh, this is, this is it. Like, there's I mean, no we're even here. if we get more we're, successful, if we get more whatever. Yeah, this is like we're already here, and it's like you know, what is being whole yeah. anyway? Because mm-hmm. I, I imagine, I mean, I only imagine because there's four of you, you're really good friends, you hang out together. I'm sure there's times where you argue and fight and have all of that dynamic. So in one sense, you go like, oh, you can always imagine something better. But I think what you guys know and what makes the show so good is that that this is as good as it gets. Like you're creating something beautiful and wonderful and you're able to engage together. And that ability to let go of the idea that if only I got that award, say, or wrote that book or whatever, then I'd be truly happy, which just makes you miserable. Yep. You know, because melancholy is the depression of getting what you want. If depression is the sadness of not getting what you want, melancholy is the sadness of getting what you want. You already got it and you're still not happy. Still not happy. You got the big house, you got everything you wanted, and you're like, whoa, that this is not satisfying. Yeah. Um Gijek has that thing where he talks about like there's no um like happiness like when you're in the throes of like a creative project and you're in the throes of like making some kind of art you're not happy like you you're like yeah. sweating and you're you know you're pining if you're in love you're not always happy you're, yeah. you're you're obsessively you know kind of going toward this other person's chaotic in your mind there's not really a a big sense of peace in it so it's this fun little like 
if you think about that in terms of what we're doing and all that stuff, there is like, if I get into a creative zone or if I'm writing something, I'm not like happy during it. I might be happy afterward, but during yeah. it, I'm just yeah. like, I got it. Yeah. That's it. So yeah, happiness is like this interesting byproduct of just enjoying the struggle of life. Like when, when you make happiness a direct goal, you just become unhappy or melancholic. Yeah, is so, that the law of attraction, sort of? Like, I, I've been oh yeah. delving into the law of attraction. Actually, yeah, I knew a little bit about it. But I, it I mean, it's just simply, I mean, the simplest way I can describe it is, it's like you put this emotion out into the world and that's what you get back from the universe essentially which is like if you live in this constant state of like oh everything sucks and it's always gonna suck it's just you're all you're only gonna see the suck essentially and and it's like you know really ultimately knowing that it's very possible it's more likely that you won't all of your dreams won't come true then you'll you you can you can stand back and kind of enjoy what you have and enjoy what you're capable of getting i wonder too if that's also relates to the not going far enough with thanos thing where it's like if you go oh it's always gonna suck and things are never gonna be good then it's like well cool um there's two ways of looking at that one is like oh it's gonna suck and then it's all sad but the other way is be like well why not at least have as much fun as possible then like in the midst of it and then you start getting like artistic stuff popping out of it because you're not expecting that like you know pie in the sky moment i guess well and even with thanos too it was like short short sighted and that's Th- what Th- that's thanatos thanatos yeah yeah thanos please get thanos. a writer on the podcast <laughs> card yeah it's kind of like short sighted in the sense that you know it's not a long term solution like you were saying earlier <laughs> but it's but it's one of those things where it's like there's so much it, there's so many problems with people who are just seeing their life as the most important time of history and and you know making as much money as possible regardless of the outcome of making that money and and acquiring that money and it's all just sort of for the simplicity of this this 80 or 100 potential years you spend on this planet yeah. and mm-hmm. it's like for thanos like you know he wasn't helping the history of of the earth or the universe but he was helping like that moment yeah. Yeah. you know which is so yeah. short-sighted and selfish you yeah. know, I was thinking as well. What was oh, I hate this when I had a li- literally had a thought what you were saying and it kind of disappeared. Well, but, you're drunk out of your mind right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, this yeah, is well, not happen. eating and drinking vodka only <laughs> yes, will totally we'll, we'll, at we'll, 8 a.m. Oh, I knew what I was going to say. It's going to because it's a it's a philosophical read of what you did with the four minute thing, right? That's what I wanted to say is because the difficulty is we don't often know what we feel. That's the weird thing is. Sometimes, yes, if you change your view of the world, you might you know, get on better. Mm-hmm. But often we don't know how we feel or how we think. Or even weirdly, you can think you love someone when you hate them and it's complicated. And one of the techniques, an interesting technique to find out how you feel, I think would be looking at someone's eyes for four minutes. Yeah. Because what happens is at first they are Steve or Elliot or whatever. But eventually after a few minutes, what happens is you start to just feel a gaze. It's not an individual. It's like a priest. When someone goes to see a priest, it's not, oh, that guy who I've seen down at the pub. Priest whatever. They're, they are, yeah, they're an embodiment of something. So eventually you get to, to, to experience the pure gaze. And then what happens is you start to feel what's going on inside yourself. You start to see how you look at yourself. Because with pure gaze, without, without the identity of the other, you start to indirectly see and experience how you think of yourself. 
But I have to do this with Alana, I think, with my girlfriend. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. The four-minute yeah. eye contact thing. Yeah, because I think that's how. Yeah, that's Grace was the one who brought it up, and I got two minutes in. Yeah, because in could... hearing Pete talk about this, it's like there's. I should have had a different experience because <laughs> you'll see the video if you haven't seen it yet. You've got such good defenses. It'll take forty minutes. It's that's a long the thing. Yeah, it's like I have it might, so many yeah. walls. How and... We should bet how many minutes before Steve cries. <laughs> yeah. I'm going. I'm going like three weeks. I mean, that's uh-huh. the thing. It's like I think it's. I mean, you ultimately, no matter what is happening philosophically between me and the other person whose gaze I'm connected with, there's still that conscious notion that there is a camera pointed at it's me different. It's and different, there's yeah. an audience I'm trying to entertain on the other end of that lens. There's co-workers with expectations and, co-workers and producers ex- who are thinking how am I going to cut this yeah, together? And it's yeah, like it's I'm thinking about Kevin editing it and I'm thinking about or Kate editing it or right. Ke- you know and I'm thinking about all this stuff and it's like it, you know I want what you're talking about oh, yeah. and I think I can get it if I'm like not on camera I'm with someone you know who I'm in a relationship with or, or even if Elliot and I did it yeah. like you know yeah. just offhandedly hey man you want to come over and stare at me for four minutes <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. I've been waiting for you to ask yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's, yeah. but having that emotional experience where it's not a, a piece of entertainment yeah because I, I saw that the difference between the two of you from the outside was you and Joe were very aware of your surroundings. Yeah, too and aware. Too we aware couldn't of let your go of it. You couldn't yeah. see it. And you also of each other's facial tics. You, you kind of, in one sense, you didn't get to the point of the other person disappearing, which is weird because like, whenever you love someone, for example, you don't know the color of their eyes. Like, you're looking at their eyes all the time, but you're the other's an icon. So actually, you're not aware of the very thing you're looking at. Right. You didn't get to, You still saw the color of each other's eyes. You didn't get to... Well, that's a phrase of Emmanuel Levin asked by the way says basically when you really engage with someone you no longer see them weirdly you mm. you don't see the color of their eyes but especially you, if they become like an extension of yourself and yeah you that kind of like symbolic right. thing but whereas you and Lee very quickly I think got into that space mm. I think very quickly just I'd also got a, done it before I was a little bit more and then she's a little bit more I like, thought about that too but you and Lee also have a connection that Joe and I don't have right you yeah. know that well, you, from yeah, yeah years from of years of living with that with mm-hmm. her and Delman and yeah all that stuff yeah. and maybe more like more open not in a good or bad way but in a sense of more willing to, to do that like you're a very observational comedian I mean your whole job is to observe I have see. to you it have can't to. stop like, I'm sure you can't stop because you, you can make a joke about anything in a moment mm-hmm. so it's going to be very hard for you to turn that off yeah to, to, to go like actually my job here is not to observe the everything that's going even on. Even though like, it was like I was given an opportunity to do so but yeah. but it's still like I don't like I'm watching it. I'm watching the video as I'm like also kind of performing it as well as all yes, the other yeah, million yeah. things I'm doing. And it's like, do I want to see just like people staring at each other and not talking? And, then, and it's yeah. like part of it is like, yeah, it's fascinating and fucking cool. And like, who knows? Maybe someone will cry. And yeah. and this is great. But it's also like this is it's also like I'm pretty sure Elliot and Lee will connect on that on the level that's required for the video to have that aspect of like yeah. the emotional you know connection the producer in you was like right but it also that. needs some jokes and it yeah. also needs this you know and, and I don't the, know the truth is it does as well like this is different you put it online I think it's a amazing yeah. thing to put on it but but still the very act of doing that 
almost takes away from what it's supposed to do. You're totally right. Yeah. So you were very aware, like you're aware, like this this is like an Instagram model who's posing about their life, yeah. but that's not their life. That's what they're posing. At. Right. You know, so you suppose you're going like, yeah, it's all about how are we going to edit this? Yeah, what it's music almost will like, be appropriate? Let's mm-hmm. take this candid photo of me on the beach or let's take this incredibly produced, let me suck in my stomach, let me light it perfectly. Whereas Ellie just doesn't care about anything. No, he doesn't no, care. not at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's to, a, to a scary <laughs> degree. I've but learned. also, like, it's interesting because the original video that I think this idea came from is also that, except mm-hmm. it's Except their their subjects are people that aren't like camera personalities. They're not. They're not. Uh, yeah, you don't see. You're not familiar with them as personalities. You're not yeah. familiar with them as which personalities. Which I like. But I think that's a better. But I they're think also better. not personalities, which is an important thing. So like maybe they're seeing the camera and the crew and whatever in a different way, too, which is even sure. affecting that video. Yeah. So it's, it's like, what's a, the real way to do this? I think it's <laughs> yeah. definitely in private. Is yeah. the real? It's, it's in the private. Most yeah. Real way. yeah, I gotta do yeah. it. Yeah, like for uh, three, not for us. We will be making content out of it. Elliot and I had a podcast that we didn't record. We yeah. just did it because we thought, you <laughs> know, this is talking. inauthentic. We actually put this out. It's not right. Yeah. So it was the best podcast we ever yeah. Three years, every week. <laughs> it was Honestly, this is what We always got it out on time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never any audio problems. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Didn't get any sponsorship. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap this up, guys. I think it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. we've been here a long time. This has been a long episode. Yeah. Oh, it's been a fun episode. Yeah. So uh, fun. Yeah. It, uh, I'll start takeaway uh, the, or uh, some, this all sounds very fun. We've bounced around everywhere. Steve, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. This is, it's, it was so fun to just. I know as an avid listener, like now you're on the show, so it must, it must <laughs> be a big deal for you. I, it's going to be hard to separate myself from the fandom, but uh-huh. I will. <laughs> you know, we don't want I'm... any kind of parasocial uh, stuff happening. Yeah, um, yeah. If you're, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Steve does a wonderful, hilarious podcast uh, called Dynamic Banter with one of my best friends, Mike Falzone. And if you're listening, and uh, yeah, it's one of it's the opposite of this, which it I kind of really like. Is. I think it's very cool. That's really like if it's you come on this, it's like forced structure, forced like. Thing, and then yeah. you guys are just complete free. It's flowing. anything at any time, it. and it is also what you were describing. It's Mike and I just sitting. We were already making this podcast for years. Ah, yes, yeah. But yeah. it's like now we're just recording it, and it's and for some reason people are enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like okay, we're doing something right. Just yeah. don't mess with it at all. But um, yeah, yeah. Any any final thoughts? Oh, yeah. I mean, so we like, usually do a takeaway. If you if you have a takeaway, I feel yeah. like I mean we covered so much. Yeah. I think there. Were, I want. Uh, here's my takeaway. I'm going to go Google this time thing. Yeah. Because uh, I'm curious. Oh, yeah. about what that means and how that works and um yeah i mean it's kind of bleak some of it's kind of bleak um (laughs) some of the stuff we talked about about the universe the universe creating us just so we can destroy it is not the most feel-good message but uh i feel great so i don't i'm yeah i'm doing great so i'm happy i mean but like destroy the universe feel good is such a interesting term too when you think about the grand scheme of things (laughs) too because it's like there's no feel good yeah, at the end of this. And <laughs> honestly, it's like the f- you can make the feel good whatever you want it to be. And it, you can have control over. I mean, you know, a lot of people struggle with this, which is why mental health is such a huge issue. You, not to make this another topic, but, you know, it's really one of those things no, you're right. where it's like, you know, it is a bleak thing to think about the universe ending. And then, like, you know, that's that. 
And um, but I, it seems like we kind of all we we have to all have that deep in our conscious in some way yeah. that everything fucking ends. You know, yeah. you've seen proof of it: pets and flowers everything. and family members and your food you decays. You kill them early, but your pets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you kill your yeah. pets yeah. early. Yeah. Yeah. But you see death all around you, and you see trauma all around you, and it's really I like that pre- presentation of like dealing with it, making the trauma something that is just you 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 conquer it, and then you use it, and then you take. Take these little happy moments, the things that make you happy in your current life, and you just let that be what gets you through mm-hmm. your end of days, essentially. Yeah, yeah, so, your so, end of days. Yeah, that's kind of my takeaway. My takeaway is, is that yeah. even though it is a dark thing to think about, it's like you know, this is an unpreventable thing. Yeah, it's and, beautiful, and it's and it's beautiful. It's just the natural progression of whatever the hell this thing is uh-huh. we're experiencing together. Um, and you know, you know, Elenkov, sorry, I forget his name, Elenkov made this even more beautiful because often a kind of a secular way of looking at things is life is beautiful it's passing enjoy it and that's wonderful but he adds this other dimension which is it's not just beautiful you have a vocation like there's a reason why you're here and it's you're here to make this beautiful again so suddenly it also gives it it also gives you a vocation as well as like enjoy life because it's beautiful it's also and you have a role and your role is self-sacrifice you're part of the universe destroying itself you're the ultimate altruistic act wow that made me feel so good because it really is one of those things too where it's like I want like people aren't thinking about the future and it's like I want people to have this. This yeah. is a beautiful thing to have. Mm-hmm. Life. I want everyone mm. to enjoy it. And it if is very amazing. If it if if me dying, if this universe dying means that like centuries gen, uh, generations of new beings get to enjoy it too, then fuck yeah. 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 <laughs> fuck yeah. It's the ultimate giving back. It is the ultimate act of at the end saying and we're going to we're going to sacrifice ourselves for the other we don't even know. We don't even know who they are. Yeah, enjoy it. I get to enjoy it. Why the fuck do I get to enjoy it? I'll be praying for both of you. (laughs) (laughs) And I wish you the best. Yeah, I've got to get uh, to church. Yeah. Oh, yeah, can I I need to go talk to a priest. I feel like I should give one reference to, if people are interested in this guy, the talk that she, where I got introduced to Lenkov was actually a talk called the the ontology of parallax, I think, but it's on She's X podcast. Cool. So if you're interested, I just want to say to people go and Very listen to cool. that. Very cool. Very cool. Also, just to clarify, the weird thing is, although I love what Ilyankov does, the real question for me that we've been in the background of all of this conversation is these two ways of thinking about the universe. One is that uh, there's balance and wholeness and enemies are contingent things we can get rid of. And the other is there is an antagonism. And so enemies are a concrete manifestation of something, but they are a concrete manifestation of of a a trauma that is within reality itself Mm -hmm. that we as humans experience and that we ultimately have to tarry within ourselves and in our society. And in doing that, we will create a better better future. Do you think that's a possibility? Yeah, I, either that or death. Yeah. Sadly, yeah, <laughs> death or cake. You know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's yeah. <laughs> it is a big experiment. It yeah. seems like it's yeah. like there's not so much the enemy, so much as there is the existence of the enemy is what proves the validity of like the enemy, not so much yeah. the enemy and what they s- subscribe to and all that. But yeah, yeah, it's I'm, almost like it's like the problem is not. In, in theological terms, interestingly, people used to try to figure out what is evil. Because, say, if God created everything, well, why does evil exist? And the medieval approach was to say, well, evil is a privation. So evil is like darkness. You have light, and because you have light, you have darkness. So evil is the is a nothingness. With that, the secular version of that is we have trauma, and uh, trauma is a type of lack, and we, we can get 
get rid of it. It's something, it's something there we can get rid of. In this theory, it's like, no, the, the evil doesn't come from the, the lack. Evil comes from not being able to embrace the lack. So it's beautiful. It means that the, the lack is not evil. Darkness is not evil. It's the inability to look at our own darkness mm-hmm. or look at our own shadow and, and handle it. And handle it. Yes, that's what creates evil. That's wow. what creates destruction. Yeah, literally handle it. Yeah. yeah. Like if you can imagine holding it. Yeah. Uh, love it. Cool. All wow. right. Well, uh, any, do you want to plug it? Do you want to plug it? Uh, I mean, you did Dynamic Banter and Valley Folks, another thing, yeah. and that's that. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Anything Thanks. you want to plug, Pete? No, I'm good. Great. Oh, oh, except we'll hopefully do a Peterson versus Shizak podcast. Yes. Maybe. Um, and uh, if they're able to live stream the debate, I will do an event wherever I am in the world, which will probably be Northern Ireland, probably where we'll live watch the event. Great. I've never thought about purchasing any live stream before. They had Conor McGregor, all that. No, as soon as two philosophers. Oh, yeah. Around, yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah, want to get that live stream. Wow, so they they are doing a live stream? I've heard they're doing it, but um, they they haven't released details yet. Cool, I'm excited. Oh, my yeah. God. Um, yeah. would, would that be, would someone as simple as me get oh, enjoyment yeah. out of that? Well, yeah, well, he's debates. She's activating Peterson, and Peterson's very simple. So, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. I want, I, dude, this is the pay-per-view I want to pay I know, for. it's going to be. I don't want to see people punching each other. Really excited. Yeah, what yeah. the fuck? It's That's great. Good. Um, and then uh, I would oh I have a stand up show on May 22nd in Tampa the tickets just went on sale for so people can buy tickets for that if you would like and also there's a big discount code for any patron of the Valley Folk that just went up today Tampa in Florida May 22nd with me oh so you say you're thinking and remember say wink Oh, I was going to say oh, April 12th oh, in yes. Nashville, um, uh, Mike Falzone and I are performing. It's either the 12th or the 13th. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, they can but, Google it. They'll find it. Yeah, you can yeah. Google it. But Mike and I are going to be in Nashville and uh, very excited. It's my first time. Cool. And I think both shows are sold out. We've created a second show, but I think there's probably a way to hang out and probably we'll go outside and meet people and say yeah. hi if you want to just say hi. Yeah. But uh, uh, unfortunately, yeah, those are sold out. But, you know. Oh, that's Thanks, nice. Uh, yeah, so check that out. And, uh, well, maybe we shouldn't mention Wink. Nah, forget. we'll do it next time. There you yeah, go. We'll do it next time. Yeah. Cool. Bye, everybody. Uh-oh, bye. fix your mic. No, and say bic. bye again. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>